This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to today's Blood Red podcast where there was plenty to get through, plenty to talk about about the Reds. The Southampton win of course and all the standout moments and big talking points from it including the keeper Sadio Mane and how brilliant he's been recently and throughout the year. VAR of course after the weekend's events involving Man City. Philippe Coutinho, uh, there's been news on his future today, we'll look into that and plenty more. Uh, I'm Sean Bradbury, your host today and with me are two veterans I'm going to use the word veterans experienced operatives of the uh, of the, of the I football game I think I prefer game. experienced operatives okay. skilled okay. experienced yeah. operatives skilled, Leg- legendary course. operatives do you think Dan yeah, yeah. Yes. I think you're pushing legendary, the legendary great, operatives great the legends yeah. well, you know you're obviously both well on the way <laughs> you heard there Ian Doyle and Dan Kay gents how are we doing Doyle you, you recovered from Saturday not really no I'm a bit tired I'm sure Dan's the same yeah not yeah. that I'm complaining too much, like, but it is a, it is a long way to it's Istanbul and then Southampton. Yeah, yeah. I think all the way to Asia and then the South Coast. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. could all really have done with a nice cushy home game on, on Sunday, Sunday, possibly. Yeah. Even yeah. I'm not a fan of Monday night football. Even on Monday, I mean, to, you know, we're on one serious note. It went for us this weekend, but if if we hadn't got the result at the weekend, you know, I, I would have been a bit surprised that you know Klopp and uh, Klopp and the club didn't push. Bearing in mind the date of the Super Cup was set in snow and having to travel mm. so far. Basically, everyone I've spoken to who went to Istanbul and went to Southampton is feels like they've been pulled through a hedge backwards, <laughs> including that. And I've, I'm very under the weather the last couple of days, hopefully on the men now. And of course, there's no better tonic than three points. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And that's where we'll start. Um, <clears throat> Doily, in your verdict on the game at the weekend, you were talking about how this could be a title race decided by the finest of margins. And that's kind of well, not quite how the game was decided on Saturday, but... If, if things are going to continue in this vein, that was pretty vital. The Reds got the job done. It was just like the end of last season, wasn't it? It was yet another narrow squeak. I mean, there was quite a lot of them in the last couple of months. You know, I think Liverpool, even at this early stage of the season, they knew that was a massive game for the reasons that Dan's just mentioned. You know, the uh, I think they only got back into Merseyside at seven o'clock on Thursday evening, and then they were setting off for Southampton within twenty four hours. I mean, <laughs> I think I worked it out with something like less than seventy hours between picking up that Super Cup and walking out at St Mary's, which you know, for the fans, it's it was. Difficult enough, and I know the players get obviously slightly better travel, slightly better treatment, but they're the ones that are running around and having to, you know, face that 120 minutes in Istanbul and then another 90 plus uh, on the south coast. So it was a big win. Was it a great performance? First half, not really. Wasn't mm. anywhere near as bad as they were in the first half in uh, against Chelsea, though. Where uh, I thought they were not great at all. But second half, once they got the goal, just on half time, great time for it. They played some good stuff actually, but. Obviously, then I'm sure we'll touch we'll touch on it a bit later. Adrian makes his uh, his mistake, mm. which to be fair had been coming a little bit. He got away with one in the first half, and then it becomes all unnecessarily tense. And suddenly, the tiredness, which they hadn't really shown any of in the second half, suddenly it starts to weigh on the mind a little bit, and they're, they're struggling to clear the lines. And you know, if Danny Ings puts in that chance for two two, I don't think anybody would have complained too much. It's interesting because at the start of the game, if you'd have said Liverpool draw, you'd have gone decent result. After 44 minutes, Liverpool drawing said that's yeah, yeah. definitely a decent result, yeah. yeah. But then after 83 to 82 and a half minutes before Adrian does that, he's just gone, that, that was a, would have been a complete nightmare for them. Mm. But no, they got away with it. There's an awful lot of work still to be done. But the bottom line is I think Jurgen Klopp always thought that these first couple of weeks with playing for two trophies against very intense teams where they weren't really able to, I'm not saying they put out a reserve team, but they were. They had to go for it. Fairly helpful leather. You know, they weren't, never going to be games where they were allowed to take the foot off the gas a little bit. Maybe there was a little bit of that against Norwich in the second half, which became obvious with the standard of performance, but they were 4-0 up at that time, so fair enough. But they weren't allowed to do that against Southampton. So 
to get a trophy and t- and a win at the end of this week was about as good as it could have gone. Mm. Dan, I think your post-match Twitter verdict said this is an impressive win as we'll have all season, which I think in the circumstances is a fair comment. What, what did you make of it all on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, well, to be honest, that's kind of paraphrasing one of our Echo columnists. I think it was Andrew Beasley, who I seem to remember a tweet from him when I was actually in the stadium in Istanbul. Possibly when it went to extra time on Wednesday, I mean, if Liverpool win on Saturday, it will be one of the best results ah, okay. to get the season. And at the time, it struck a chord, then it just kind of came and popped into my mind at the final whistle. I mean, I, th- I always thought it was going to be one of those games that we would just have to dog it out and just scrape a result as best we could. Um, remembering what a very difficult match it was for us there last April, mm. which I think was one of the real key matches in the running when those two late goals from Salah and uh, Henderson got us a 3-1 win. And really the first half lived up to all expectations. And I think we were all looking at the looking at the clock in the build-up to half-time thinking if we just get in at 0-0, we'll all be made up with that. Then up pops Sadio Mane with another moment of magic and you know, and instead of being lucky to go in level at the break, you're, you're ecstatic to go in one up. After the break, it was a totally different story and really Liverpool should have been three or four goals clear before Southampton got back into the game. And that to me was a real, I'd say the most encouraging part of Saturday. That kind of the, the energy, the strength, the, the quality that they showed um, in probably the first 25, 30 yeah. minutes of that second half, they never really gave Southampton a sniff. And like I say, should have been really three, four, five goals clear, which would have made Adrian's silly mistake rather moot. Mm. Um, sadly, it didn't. But the shows, you know, apart from that one moment when Ings got in and really should have scored, an ability again to manage difficult passages of play when you've just got to grind it out, a, a tricky seven minutes plus stoppage time, get it over the line. And thankfully, I think they were given two days off, weren't they? Yeah, I, I read somewhere so they weren't even coming back into weren't even coming back into training until tomorrow. And hopefully, by the time they take the field against Arsenal at uh, five thirty on Saturday, they will be rather more refreshed and rejuvenated than um, and all. And that and that goes for the crowd as well. The, the, certainly, the ones that trekked out there in the week, everyone will be feeling a lot sharper and fresher. Hopefully, by Saturday tea time, for what's now become a top of the table clash. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, before we get on to the the bad and the ugly of Saturday, let's start with the very very good, which was Sadio Mane, as Dan's briefly mentioned. Doily, I think he's got a red before fifteen Premier League goals in two thousand and nineteen, which is more than anyone else. Um, in the calendar year so far and obviously there's, there's several Ballon d'Or contenders in the Liverpool squad and Van Dijk's pretty much nailed on it seems to, to lift it but how important is Mane to this Liverpool team now? He's just you'd have, to, you'd have to say Mane's up there because he wins a penalty in the Champions League final wins the Champions League gets to the African Cup of Nations mm. final top scorer in the tournament I believe top of my head mm. pretty sure that's right and you know there's only Aguero who scored more Premier League goals this calendar year. I mean, Mane's got, I think, is it eight more than any other or something like that? He's got an awful lot more than any other Liverpool player mm. this year. He has become the kind of the go-to guys. And it's not just been last season. I mean, I take it back to the goal he scored at Burnley in New Year's, New Year's Day, Day 2018. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he'd got, I think he'd been, was he dropped for the Everton game or was he rested? A, remember, remember he didn't pass. Arsenal he didn't pass. Before, yeah. And a really poor game there. Yeah. The crowd on his back a bit. I remember thinking, he's, he's starting to struggle a bit here. Yeah. But you're right, that Burnley goal really kicked him on. Yeah, and since mm. then, you know, he scored in the Champions League final that year. You know, so that's when Real Madrid were interested in him. Obviously, he ended up staying. He did, did the same again this summer. He just got his head down. He just carried on where he's left off. I mean, he's a player that's going to be interesting a little bit further down the line inside the next couple of weeks because he only had about two and a half weeks off yeah. and all both him and sorry him and Salah and Firmino they are going to be rotated in and out of this 
this Liverpool team. I mean, this was the uh, the first game out of the four this year that they've all started together uh, up front. But yeah, Manny's the one who he's. It's funny, isn't it? Because Salah he started the season very, very well. I thought looked sharp in the first couple of games that he played, and he was, I'm not saying he was off it on Saturday, but he was probably the the lesser of the the three of them. Firmino second half very good, but Mane. Even the first half, he wasn't particularly great, but that wasn't necessarily his fault. But then once he scores that goal, he explodes. I mean, he, he obviously set up the second one for Firmino and he had the header, which was a good save from Gunn. I think it was a header, wasn't it? A header from a... Certainly had an, a, an effort. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. It was, he was, yeah. It was, it was, sure, was it a header? header I think yeah. it was a header, yeah. yeah. And then he put the, the back heel in for Robertson, which if that oh, had gone oh. in, that would have been, you know, goal of the season there and then, which uh, I think you're going to want to yeah, make a we'll, big deal we'll, of that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Robert. Yeah, he's to he's that, very yeah. much on the agenda. Yeah, so Mane, he's the man in form. In terms of the Ballon d'Or, he should be, but he won't be. Mm. He won't be. I don't think he's quite got the... The, the you know the cool factor the the kind of you know, profile, the, the profile is yeah. the better way of putting it that that Van Dyke's got although Van Dyke did do a very nice piece of skill during the game oh, a bit oh, like, oh, even head. at the time I was like oh yeah. that's good yeah that I like that I like that yeah, yeah just yeah, over yeah. the top over his own head to, in, inside infield to to Milner yeah. just Athens. carries on yeah. just uh, I mean there wasn't enough of that in the first half from Liverpool or rather there was, sorry there was too much of it mm. there was too much of that kind of slack play defensively they were trying to play it out from the back didn't really work all the time and that was that was what was odd about the second half Southampton then for the most of the second half didn't bother pressing Liverpool and you saw what happened with the goal that they scored the, mm. that they got the rewards from that but maybe they were a bit wary of being played around because Liverpool do have the players that can do it like it's I saw somebody else I can't remember who it was was debating the fact that why are we doing this but I don't know what team it was say it was Evan for example I'm not sure it was but why are we trying to play it out from the back when we haven't got the players to do it but most teams are trying to do that now, but they're right. Not every team has the players to do it. Liverpool have, and if they can make these spaces in behind that front line and give them a bit more room in midfield, and that that'll be the way it goes. But it's early days for that. But going back to your original question about Mane, he should be in the running for the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, mm-hmm. on Mane then, Dan. He's always been ever since he came in a significant player. It was clear, you know, as soon as he signed for Liverpool, and he, <coughs> excuse me, started having an end product and an effect straight away on the team. But then this year, like we've said. He just seems to have kind of found another level. I think for me, he was always a bit a bit streaky, a little bit of a purple patch player, albeit a very, very good one. But then from kind of what, the first kick of New Year and even the start of the season, but now he's, he seems to have just kind of found the consistency in his game. And every week he seems to be scoring goals at the minute. It seems like he's almost like thrived off the fact that the likes of Mo Salah has come in 12 months after what he did. And maybe taking some of the kind of, some of the attention and the burden in terms of being the main goal scorer away from him. Because if you mm. remember that first season, he came in, had a great start first half of the season, went to the African Nations at the, in January 2017 and it all and the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah. He, you know, everyone was desperate for him to come back. He did. I think he scored two against Tottenham in his first game back, early February 17, and then was kicking us on and then got injured again just at the start of April and missed the last six weeks of the season. We just you know staggered over the line and got, and got fourth and got into the Champions League. Then Salah's come in and obviously, you know, for a brief period of time, it was the Fab Four, wasn't it? Where well, Coutinho was there and then that became the Tremendous Fantastic Three, three or whichever <laughs> way you want to put it. I just, every time I look at him play, I just think, God, I'm not that I, when I play, I'm a defender because I'm not. But I just think he must be an absolute nightmare to play against. He's so quick. He's so strong. He's got football intelligence, I think, in terms of his movement, his positioning. He's always putting, de- you know, if he never gives defenders a moment's peace. And like I say, to me, he seems to be thriving off the fact that 
arguably Salah and Firmino are the more high profile figures of that front three. But in my mind, the you know, I can't differentiate between them in terms of their importance to the team. Mm. Mane is, is is as important as any as anyone. But also as well, I think I think it's it it's his um He's a real team player. You know, a, a few people made the point in the build-up to, to, to Saturday's game. One of his one of his biggest contributions last season, or most important contributions, that game back in April when we ended up winning three one, but it was such a scrap, it was such a battle, and that brilliant goal from the length of the pitch run that Mo Salah scored to make it two one with ten minutes to go. Really, that came about because of a crunching tackle he won on the edge of his own box. Mane mm. mm. Henderson played an intelligent header into space, and, and Salah Street clear. So he's not one of these that's just going to hang around. The edge of the opposite, the edge of the opponent's penalty area, waiting for to score a glory goal. He's an absolute grafter, and I think you can see from everything his teammates come out with, everything the manager comes out with, that they value him so so highly. He's an absolute intrinsic part of Liverpool's success over the last you know two years or so, and um, I think he's the he's the one with the least the least amount of time left on his contract. Is that fair to say? Yeah, well, he's, he's the one who signed most recently. Is he? Yeah, 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 he signed in November last year, so okay, I'd imagine well, the cannibal talking, roughly the same. Um, rubbish there, but, <laughs> but never mind. Um, well, 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 I'm delighted to hear that because, you know, obviously there has been talk of um, a move to Real Madrid. He wasn't in it, you know, around about a year or so ago, he was kind of playing his cards a bit close to his chest and, mm. you know, wasn't exactly booting it into touch. I mean, listen, I'm not naive enough to think that this amazing front three are going to play up front for Liverpool until the end of time. But you look at them, you look how young they are, how, young they are, how hungry they are, and I'm sure I'm not alone in hoping that we've still got a lot more to look forward to from those from these three in a red shirt for yeah for some time to come. Yeah, I think the other thing about Manny is that referring to that second season when he was there is that he moved position, didn't he? Yeah, he was on the right and Short then he moved flanks. to the left. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it took him a little while to get used to that. Now you can't think of him as being anything other than a left winger. Yeah, although he has obviously yeah, played. Oh, in the, he, in he has always played. Did he play in the middle on Wednesday in Istanbul? In the first half, anyway. Yeah, he yeah, played, he played yeah, down the yeah. centre, but then it was only when he switched off to the left. I mean, yeah, he's had a couple of games where he did well Watford down the centre. Watford, well, he scored twice, season. didn't he, with the yeah. back heel and yeah. stuff like that. But then against Everton, wasn't magnificent, but then quite a lot of the players around him weren't first yeah. choice. So that was a game where Liverpool just had to get through it, I think. You got me thinking there when you were saying about the three of them and, and the importance. This is obviously, in many ways, a daft question, but PSG come to Liverpool and say, £300 million, we just want one of those three. Which one do you think you would you would give away? Who's, who's the? They're all so important, aren't they? I mean, look at look at Firmino's impact from the from the bench. Mm. Who's who would you give away? As in, if you, if you had to lose one of them, okay, lose one of them. Okay, right. Well, not Firmino, so he's staying. Yeah, right. So it's between the other two. It's so hard. It's a difficult one. I think. Sorry, I think I'd still get rid of Mane if I had to. If if it was if the. The choice was you have to sell one of them right now. It's difficult, isn't it? That's what I'd do. <laughs> I don't know. I think if it, it, it's an awful choice. It's Hobson's choice. It's like being shot. I've been, I've been asked if you want to be shot or hung because there's two of the best <laughs> I players. Go, of, I didn't want to go down that road. <laughs> two of the best players I've ever seen in a Liverpool shirt and it'd be devastated to lose either one. But I think, guns on my head, maybe I would choose to opt to get rid of Mo Salah. Ahead oh. of Mane. Um, just because I, you know, I kind of get the impression that that you know, you know that Salah not thinks he's too big for Liverpool, thinks he's too good for Liverpool because you know generally his humility is you know a very key characteristic that, that he seems to have. But I don't know. I I just feel that 
Mane just gives us a little bit more. I, I love, I love Mo. You know, his speed, his intelligence. You know, is just the threat he brings. When it, you know, you can see how much opposing teams fear him. But I just think Salah, Mane's maybe slightly more of a team player. Do you not think that's the reason Mane gets all that space? Though is partly because Salah's often well, double every chance. Factor, yeah, every chance. Yeah. You know, the reality is, lose either one of them, we are poor for. Yeah, it. and you and get other teams attacking down the other side, yeah. don't yeah. you? There's so a bit more space. Are you buying with that? Three, who are you buying with that three hundred million then? Uh, well, Mbappe, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Straight, yeah. Oh, here maybe, we go. Maybe here we go. Let's just end that right now. That's just completely and utterly made up hypothetical, and he's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Indeed. Well, we'll move on. We'll move on to bigger and better. Things, which is Adrian, um, a bit of a carrier style howler at the weekend. There's, there's no two ways about it. Doily, um, bit of an, bit of an Allison style. Well, I guess, well, exactly. I guess this is the point, isn't it? I mean, the, the, you know, when, it's when carriers though, isn't it? Because he's trying to play the ball through the defender, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, yeah. But, but then, as, as you, you say, Doily, you can't play straight through people. People are not, are not transparent. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> an ambitious nutmeg yeah. for the keeper, but, but yeah. Uh, you know, Alisson has made similar errors last the last season, you know, a similar time in the season as well, pretty early on. Mm. And the team recovered, you know, got away with it essentially. Same again on Saturday. Do you think it's, obviously he's going to be around between the sticks for a few weeks, you would think, um, Adrian still to come now. Is it a concern for you or do you think there's, he'll just There's going to be three or four other goalkeepers this season who make exactly the same mistake. Mm. And Adrian just has to make sure that it's not him again. Basically, yeah. I mean, even if he only plays another what six or seven games, I don't know how many. We're just guessing there, but he's certainly going to be playing on Saturday. So I'm sure if the ball comes to him and Obama Yang's a little bit quicker than Ings, and he's like chased him down, I don't think he's going to be thinking, oh, "I'm going to try and do something clever here." He'll be put into his mind, "Hang on, Anfield here scores whatever the score is. You know, it's a massive game. Everyone's Live watching. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to absolutely launch this one, which is what I think he'll be. He'll do. You know, Allison learned from that mistake. You remember when he did his little flick over? Bright and bright, wasn't it, over somebody? And he just, it was great. And it kind of made him popular with the crowd, but maybe not so much with Klopp and his, and his heart or whatever. But, you know, he um, he learned from his mistake at Leicester. And, you know, you know, keepers make mistakes. That's the thing. Alisson made one against Leon, didn't he? Just the other, oh, yeah. the other, yeah, the other yeah. week and they got away with that. They won. He made one against United. Got away with that. They won. I'm sure he's made another one somewhere on the lines. But the point being, they got away with it because the rest of his team helped him out. And with Adrian... He made a very good save from Yoshida on Saturday. He made a very good save from Matip, which was actually good defending by the pair of them because Matip had to get there (laughs) and he kind of put his trust in his keeper to deal with this when he was getting in the way, getting in the way of it. So, and, you know, he had that first half Ward Prowse blocked one from him when he tried to clear it. So Southampton clearly knew it was a tactic they could exploit, which they did successfully. You have to to argue because they got a goal out of it out of nothing. Um, But... And the keeper, he did okay overall. I mean, I did the ratings. I gave him a six, simply on the strength of, you know, mm. he was going to be a seven if he hadn't made that mistake. And yeah. it's like, he's not a five. He's, okay, it's a mistake and it's not led to a defeat. So, you know, I think if it's... Wijnaldum, Ginny Wijnaldum spoke after the game. He said, look, goalkeepers make mistakes. And when they make mistakes, it's often a goal. It's not like midfielders who've got the defence and the keeper to then bail them mm. out. You know, keeper makes a mistake. It's one of those. And he said, it's about not so much the mistake, but it's about how you react to it. And it's going to be about how Adrian reacts to it in his first start in a home game, Anfield crowd. You know, it's up to the crowd now. Do we regard him as the guy who made the mistake at Southampton or the guy who helped win us the Super Cup? Mm. I think they'll be thinking, he's the guy who helped win us the Super uh, Cup. So. Uh, absolutely. I think that that's the key, isn't it, Danny? He's, he's still in credit from 
what yeah. has been quite a busy first week or so at Anfield for him. Well, he must still be pinching himself, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Well, you know, 15 days ago, was it? When Liverpool played yeah. the, uh, the yeah. charity shield. And at that point, everyone was assuming that Simon Minnie was going to be Liverpool's number two goalkeeper for, for the season. Within 24 hours, it seemed, you know, Adrian was the name everyone was talking about. So obviously they had that lined up pretty quickly. And then obviously, <laughs> four days later, um, Alisson's calf goes ping against Norwich and all of a sudden he's thrust into the... The spotlight of, of of playing in a in a you know a cup final and what's what's likely to be three four five Premier League games, so you know he's a decent steady Premier League keeper. Um, sometimes these like these things can almost actually serve a purpose in that they just act as a little reminder that particularly out after you know, the the jubilation of Istanbul for the lad. And I think Klopp said it himself. I don't think he's won too many. Probably the first. Yeah, it would have been the first of, thing, of, his, yeah, yeah. of his professional career. Mm. Um, so he wouldn't he wouldn't be human if he wasn't still a little bit um, head in the clouds from that. He was given a, you know, a certainly a rude awakening in those last few minutes at, at St Mary's, and you know that heart stopping moment when the ball came in for the right hand side, and Danny Ings got there first, and you're just looking, you're just waiting for the rest of the ground to go up, aren't you? And when the ball <laughs> flashed wide of the far post, we all breathed a sigh of relief. No one more so, I'm sure, than than Adrian himself. Um, and yeah, I, I think it might just do him a little bit of a favour that kind of like, right, you've had your glory moments, you've had your little scare moments. Saturday evening against Arsenal, it's right down to business, brass tacks, no messing about. When in doubt, like Doyley says, if you've got the likes of Aubameyang or any of Arsenal's um, pretty impressive looking front people bearing down on him, the, no, the, the, now is not the time to be... Uh, faffing around and, and making any silly mistakes, and hopefully he'll he'll learn from that. And um, you know, for the for the rest of his duration in between the sticks for Liverpool, which which I think he hates, lad. We obviously hope it's not going to be too long because Allison's already proved himself to be a fantastic goalkeeper, one of the best in Europe. Um, he'll be wanting to make sure that he does he does nothing further to block to block his copybook, and I think he'll be. He'll be right on it on Saturday to make sure that's the case. Don't mm. forget he had an injury as well after being yeah. slid, through, slid tackled yeah. by a fan yeah. in Istanbul, which was just <laughs> keepers and injuries. A lot of their injuries always seem to be stained the bizarre freak, 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 freak the way, guard and the ironing board. Yeah. 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 What was it? Dave, Dave Besson and the Salad Cream. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd buy that. I'd buy that album. <laughs> Rick, Rick, Richard Wright and the uh, Do the, Not Trade on the Pitch. And he fell out. His, and he fell out his loft. Yeah. Yeah. I was at that game. I was at that game. Yeah, and he fell out his loft as well, didn't he, Richard Wright? Did he? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he's had two yeah, of them. Yeah, he's had he two. Once could be described as unfortunate yeah, twice. He's got to be more careful. <laughs> Anyone else? Any more strange goalkeeping? Oh, anymore? There must be more. Did Grobler have anything? He's bound to have done something. Slightly. Tom, Tommy Smith missed the 78 European Cup final, didn't he? Because he dropped. Was it like he dropped a spade on his foot doing the garden? <laughs> something like that. But obviously, he wasn't a goalkeeper. We'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any more? Send them in. Send them into it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Final point then, and as promised earlier, final point on the game. The goal that could have been, uh, I got a little bit excited on Saturday night when I saw that for the first time, put on Twitter, mm. what what a goal that would have been after Trent switches it to Robertson, Robertson I think heads it onto Mane, little back heel back into his path as he bursts into the area and absolutely creams it, connects with it so well. Didn't hit the post, did I think? Keeper, no, the keeper saved, saved great it. Save yeah, the keeper. It was, it was a really good save. save. It was really yeah. travelling. And then I thought there was maybe two other contenders in recent history that could have been the best goal that almost was. Well, over to you guys. Like, I know you're going to say Luis Suarez. See, Luis Suarez, Suarez is, is, is one of my three best moments in the Premier League from the past 10 years. Not, wow. to, not necessarily to do with Liverpool. There's that one. 
there was, I think we've, we've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. There's that one. There was the pass from David Silva to Jacko at Old Trafford when Man City won 6 1 and he chests oh, yeah, it down yeah, yeah. and he turns and he puts it through. Yeah. And then the other one was the last minute of Everton against Arsenal a couple of years ago where Petr Cech ended up behind. Tim Howard in the Everton goal because Arsenal put everybody up and then Everton <laughs> legged it down the other end to try and score in front of it in an empty net and missed. So it was that, them, those three things. So yeah, Robertson's shot, That you're right, it's one of those, the great goal that never was. Mm. Um, at the time, you think it was because there was a time, I've got to mention before, you mentioned about Liverpool boss the second half. There was a spell where it seemed like Liverpool had the ball for about 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Southampton couldn't get, get it off them and that's when Liverpool are at the best when they are pressing the team because this wasn't like passing around the back. This was almost all of that play was in the Southampton half. They couldn't so get they, out at all. Yeah, they, they were creating chances. They kept on coming back to them. That was Liverpool at the best, pressing high and all of that stuff and creating the chances which, you know, okay, they got the one goal in that spell through Firmino but... If that Robertson one goes oh, in. Yeah. If we'd scored three or four in that spell, I really mm. don't think Southampton could have had many complaints because no. no. we were just... We, and that's really, I think, something that's something I would hope Klopp will be hammering home that when spells like that come in games this season, you've really got to capitalise mm. and take advantage and put games away because we might not be so lucky next time. And as we owe... Uh, <laughs> it's always sweet off one like I know, you know, getting back on the coach on Saturday says something like heavy these title races in April in, 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 in August <laughs> and it is but that's what that's already what it feels yeah. like the kind of like, like that was, last season there is well. no margin for error you know what I mean yeah. it's bonkers that in the second game of the season but that is the reality of it now obviously City dropped points against Tottenham in the end on Saturday evening mm. but um, you know the, the, we can't really afford to pass up any opportunities to put teams to bed and I think just that little bit of ruthlessness is is the one thing that you'd say that this Liverpool team really could capitalise on. Mm. I've got a couple of um, Ooh, a couple on. of greatest, oh, we greatest goals that nearly were. What, what, one for the granddads like me and Ian first. <laughs> oh, <And> now. <laughs> well, we're both over 40, Ian, come on. Um, the, 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 these were actually two disallowed goals. Chris Lawler in the 60, 1965 European Cup semi against Inter Milan. Slalom goal that was outrageously chalked off, but we probably would have been Probably would have made much of a difference anyway because Mr. Menderbill uh, was, was always... Was, was, How many years was, is this now? 54 years? I'm, I'm not bitter. Even though I was 12 years away from being born, I'm still not bitter. We wouldn't have gone through anyway because the the, uh, the corrupt Spanish referee that uh, basically bought the second leg for Inter Milan. It's all well documented, by the way, in case anyone wants to sue me. Um, and the 74 FA Cup final, oh, Al- yeah. Alec Lindsay. Yeah. Um, great, nil-nil at the time. Fantastic goal. This, wrongly disallowed because the ball bounced off a Newcastle player back to him. Thankfully, the Reds went on to win. And a more recent one um, that just sprung to mind just then, Bernard Diamed's overhead kick. Oh, yeah, against Sunderland. Sunderland. Great I was convinced that day he yeah. was going to be the new Rude Hullet with his dreadlocks and everything. He, 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 I think we only drew 1-1, one, one, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, Kevin yeah. Phillips put them in front, but he looked the business that day. I mean, it was an overhead kick, and I was convinced. You know, I'm, I was at the, the main stand towards the Annie Road, and it was one of them where if there was goal line technology, it might have been given. It was the goalie kind of scrambled it off the line. There was an issue: is it in or is it not? Um, anyway, if you're still, if you're listening, Bernard, we'll, we'll, we'll always have that <laughs> moment. I, 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 sat, I sat next to him on a plane once. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He just didn't say a word to me. He had his headphones on. Still thinking about that goal, wasn't he? He was, yeah. <laughs> um, Carrier, Jamie Carrier yeah. against QPR. The bar, it's got to be, yeah. it's got to be that, isn't it? Fowler it, as well, when you've mentioned overheads there. Oh, Fowler against Birmingham, his yeah, first game yeah. back, yeah, yeah. Was that disallowed? Yeah. It was disallowed, it would have been a stoppage time win, it was yeah. 1-1 as well. Yeah. There's, yeah. a, there's another, Jordan Ibe, if he hit, if he scores against Everton rather than, he hit the post, didn't he? Oh, in a nil, yeah. One of the nil-nils. Yeah. And if he scores that, he could have a completely different career. Probably yeah. not like, but... Well, you never know. Well, there you go. There's a, there's a, there's a decent little... 
decent little list of goals there. Right, we've we've done the good, we've done the bad. We'll move on to the ugly, and I need I need my stats for the ugly. Um, <laughs> defensive shakiness. Uh, every single game Liverpool have played this season, they've conceded at least one goal. And I had a look on who scored before. Fourteen shots against in terms of you know shots that Southampton had at the weekend. Chelsea had twenty in the Super Cup. The Norwich game did had, go on longer. To be well, fair. yeah, true, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Norwich had twelve. City bizarrely had had eight. So that was the least, and therefore arguably the best performance defensively. But then what? What do you both think of the reasons behind this? Is it just a case of players finding fitness, finding form? Is it is it Allison missing? Is it rotation? Because obviously the back line's chopped and changed a little bit. Essentially, do you have long term worries? Dan, we'll start with you. I wouldn't say I've got any real long term worries. I mean, the first point I'd make is that you know the the Don back five: Allison, Alexander Arnold, Van Dyke, Matip, Robertson haven't really played together yet this season because mm. obviously they all came back from pre-season at different times. Um, a few people have made the point that kind of if you look at this stage last season, um, we weren't completely watertight. Certainly not the same rock-solid defence that we kind of, that kicked into place from kind of autumn winter onwards. And I think it's the, the reason for that is very obvious why it takes time to mm. build up that 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 togetherness, that understanding of when you, of, you know, when you move out, when you move across. Just that kind of that fine-tuning, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and anyone expecting Liverpool, you know, to not concede a chance, not concede a goal, it's not going to happen. Also, I think I think the, the point bears, you know, needs to be made as well. There's a lot of good players, but we're coming up against. Then, you know, good players are allowed to play well and produce good bits of play sometimes. Mm. And even the best defenders in the world will occasionally get caught out by a really slick, sharp, clever piece of attacking play. So. Um, you know, there's been the odd little shaky moment thus far. I mean, I do think part of it as well is that the team as a whole is still very much a work in progress and finding its feet. So if the midfield isn't quite right and the protection the defence is getting from the midfield isn't quite right, then they're going to be a little bit more pressure themselves. So I think that's why, you know, it's, you know I can't remember the exact numbers, but I did see a stat that, you know, I think in the, in the the Super Cup, a certain number of balls were played in behind. Mm. Well, that's going to happen when the midfield is still kind of finding its feet and not hasn't entirely got its bearings. So, obviously, you know, I'll be expecting an improvement for Saturday because I think Arsenal is probably the sternest test yet in terms of how I think I think I read the other day. I think I read after the game on at the weekend, they've Arsenal have won their first two games for the first time in ten years. Yeah, really? Yeah. So, that's right, so yeah. yeah, so they will be up for Saturday. And they and there's no real pressure on them either, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? They're away from home Liverpool uh, European champions title contenders most people will be going expecting Arsenal to get beat so they will come and have a go at us on Saturday and we will need to be improved defensively on what we were in the last couple of games but I think we will be they'll have had a rest they'll have had a full proper week's preparation at Melwood under proper training conditions and I think we'll see a Liverpool defensive performance much more in line with what we have come to expect of late well, this will be the most preparation they've had for any game since the Champions League final, which they had about 15 years preparation for that one, or at least it felt like it when we were filling all those days of stuff like, oh, is it, when's the game? It's not for another two weeks. Oh, no. Um, there are a couple of strands, I agree with, with Dan. It, it isn't just the defence, it's the midfield, I think, is not mm. quite right at the moment. I think there's a bit of a leftover from the end of last season where obviously Jordan Henderson switched position, went a bit more attacking, and I think they're kind of still in that vein. But the difference there is that teams towards the end of last season where it fighting for something, whether it's to stay up or to to get a to get a Champions League place, or whether to you know, to, or whether to get UEFA a Europa League place. So there was something on the line for most of these teams, but at the moment everybody's you know 
level playing field. So nobody wants to give too much away. Mm. And I think there's a that's kind of playing it against Liverpool a little bit. Mm. I mean, one or two individuals aren't quite at the level. I think I've said this before, but Trent did a bit better at the uh, when he at the weekend, but he's not quite at what he was. Matip the same. Robertson did better again on Saturday. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't great yeah. against uh, mm. against Chelsea. So there is a little bit of that. Uh, the keep situation as well. Keep it's, it's going to affect them. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, so it's much. That, it's not so much that oh look, Allison's gone. But here's a keeper who we'd never even played a lot. Of people, you know, haven't even trained alongside mm. for less for barely two weeks. So they'll get a good week of that. Presumably, he's not had any hangover from his ankle injury at the weekend. So I mean, as Dan said, they, they played Chelsea, and Man City, who are both good attacking. So they are going to create chances. That is the worry. Is that is the type of chances that they're conceding. It's three balls and crosses, which is like, they're the two yeah. ways that teams like to score goals. So it should be, certainly the through balls is the interesting one because that's something that the, the defence never really got done with that last season. I think I think Chelsea away, I think there was, there was a couple. Hazard, Hazard he had a couple. That's Hazard though, isn't it? You know, <laughs> that's the way Chelsea like to play, which is, it's almost like when Pulisic puts that ball through for Giroud, it's like Liverpool thought Pulisic was. Hazard, mm-hmm. they, they were all kind of grouping around him and left that space for Giroud to, to run into. Bit different against Southampton. That most of their chances came from crosses from their right and Liverpool's left, which is unusual because a lot of the chances Liverpool have conceded, and I've been banging on about this all the way through the summer, has been down the Liverpool's right flank. Mm-hmm. Whether that's because Trent's not been quite at his level, whether that's because the midfield haven't been covering enough, whether it's because the player in front of him, whether it's Salah or well, it would only been Salah for the last couple of games, has has not been covering as well. Trent's been a little bit exposed, but we've spoken before on this podcast about the way to get to Liverpool is behind the fullbacks, and I think they've just thought, well, Trent's the more likely one to mm. to, to to expose or to to capitalise on, and I think they've they've tried to do that with a little bit of reward. You'd have to say this season, but I think that's something Jurgen Klopp will know. Something they'll be looking at, and as Dan said, there's a full week now before this game against Arsenal. They'll have, Arsenal will have shown the hand a little bit because mm. they've played two games now, so you'll kind of know how their new system's going to be working. So Liverpool will look at that, and I'd imagine I would imagine Liverpool to pr- perhaps tactically change things a bit more than Arsenal at the weekend. I'm happy with that. You've, I think you've reassured me. Preparing <laughs> a little bit there. <laughs> okay. well, when it's three yeah. all at half time, yeah, 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 yeah. Then, yeah. We'll, we'll revisit it yeah. then. Um, right, try and reassure me about this then. Uh, VAR. Uh, can't, we I can't. We could be here all day. Well, we're going to be able to reassure you about that. <laughs> well, we'll try and keep it brief. I think the the one the Sterling offside one against West Ham. Um, I think everyone was was up in arms. Well, to a certain extent, some of our fans on social media. We did a piece about that. I kind of thought, well, that's that's a binary decision. You know, yeah. surely that's that's kind of what it, it's a it's a, an extension of enforcing a rule that already exists. But then let's 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 park that one. But this one now at the weekend, which obviously denied City there what looked for all the world, like a late winner against Spurs at the Etihad to make it 3-2. Um, Laporte are judged to have handballed in the build-up mm. uh, to Jesus' goal. What did you both think of this? Is it is it a daft rule that VAR is now enforcing very well? Well, obviously we were at the game, so we didn't see it. I didn't see it until later on. In fact, I didn't even see it till last night, if I'm being mm. honest, right? And I saw it and went, it's clearly on ball. I didn't think like, oh, it's... At the time, you would have thought, oh, why has that been disallowed? But when you actually saw the replay, and obviously in your mind, you know you're looking for it, but it, it hits his hand. And the rule is, for any attacking team to score a goal, if it's any use of the hand, it's automatically disallowed. That's the new rule. It's different for a conceding a penalty. You, I think there's, there's other... Just because it hits your hand doesn't mean mm. it's always going to be a penalty, which I think that's also fair enough. So I think if that happens in the 56th minute, 
nobody complains yeah. as much. Mm. It's but it's because play. of yeah. when the goal is and the context of the fact it happened to City yeah. against Tottenham Again. in injury time. <laughs> Four was it back? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and exactly the same situation at the same end. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it's funny, isn't it? Because I thought City actually, to be honest, their reaction after the game was like, "Oh well." It's the rule. What can we do about mm. it? You know, they, they didn't really. Okay, I know Pep did a little bit, right? But you, De Bru- Cup, yeah, De Bruyne, De Bruyne was like, "Yeah, it's the rule. What can we do about it?" And I think City aren't going to be the only team that's on the, the receiving end of that. And I think this comes down to obviously, no, we went there, but the fans in the stadium would have celebrated that goal. And I don't know whether they showed replays up on the big screen at City. I don't know whether they they do that there. But if they didn't, then the goal gets disallowed. Unless they've properly explained what's happened. Mm. I, I mean, I don't know whether that happened because we haven't had the I'm situation sure. yet in Liverpool's game where that where where any of the there's been a, a massive VAR decision that's needed to be made. You know, so well apart from the penalty that should have been given should have not been given against Chelsea, but <laughs> there was probably other reasons for that not not being yeah. given. Um, but yeah, I think you know I'm not a fan of VAR. I do worry that it could... You saw the Women's World Cup, if you watched any of that, that mm. at some points it was just like ruining some of the games, mm. which could have been quite good. And I know that the the Premier League of... What, what was it? Minimum interference, maximum benefit or something like that. They've set mm. the bar very high in terms of something's got to have gone really wrong for them to to to, to check something. I mean, they check all the goals. Yeah. They know that, which is why that one took a little while. But I think it is because of the situation, the teams involved, the time of the, get, time of the goal... That's why there's been such a big hoo-ha because let's face it, also it's a great story, isn't it? Oh, it's a great story. Yeah. It's the first time City haven't won a Premier League game since January. Yeah. They've oh, won 16 home games in a row in all competitions. Yeah. Insane but, record. But, I mean, I've written a piece, I think it's just gone online now, where and Liverpool fans were going, ha-ha, that's quite funny. Two things to that. One, Liverpool will at some point be on the receiving end of yeah. something like no, that. that and out. two, City had 30 shots against Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham, Tottenham who are Champions team, League finalists and who one of the best teams that came to Anfield last season and would have finished third if they not got to the Champions League final because clearly they were towards the end of the season they were obviously the minds were on on the final 30 shots mm, you know Tottenham is. only had three and, yeah. and, and scored twice I mean what was going on with the first goal that Tottenham scored by the way that was just weird it's like he just he ran forward he ran forward and then passed it in yeah. the middle of the goal that, that was kind of an odd goal and then head from a corner can happen I think City were Unlucky in the sense that they didn't win the game by not taking all of their chances on the strength on the you know the balance of play, but they weren't unlucky over VAR because that's just that's a black and white decision. Mm. It's handball. What was your initial reaction, Dan? Was it like great City have been denied a goal? Or well, was it- we were watching it. The, the few of us had on, on our coach had iPads and phones, so we, we were following the game. And obviously, there was the inevitable groans of Jammy. <laughs> What's it when uh, you know, this 90 second goal flashed into the net and then gradually just kind of like various WhatsApp groups, you, know, you, you see notifications coming through, someone going, hang on, wait a second. <laughs> and so obviously it did, it did cause quite a bit of hilarity and some punching in the air and a few chants of Liverpool, Liverpool top of the league when, um, when it became clear that <laughs> the uh, goal was to be disallowed and, City, and you know, City would not get three points after all. But, you know, as, as Ian says, you can absolutely guarantee that there will come a point in this season sooner or later when Liverpool are on the wrong end of it and will be the butt of the jokes and everyone else will be laughing. You know, that, that, that is part of the course, yeah. unfortunately. Um, I'm not a fan of VAR. I, I do have this concern that it, like a lot of people share that it's going to take a lot of the spontaneity and um, emotion 
out of the game. Um, that being said, if it's going to get more decisions right than wrong, then you know it, it's hard to argue against that. One thing I've I've been pleased to see so far in it because what because VAR really has been around for like this is the third season now. You know, yeah, it was tried in the FA Cup and obviously the Champions League. I'm glad that so far that. Certainly in the Premier League version of it, I haven't seen the referees going over to check it on a screen. To me, the big, you know, I, I, I've, I, I'm against it. If it was up to me, we wouldn't have it. Goal line technology is enough. But if it's going to come in, you've got to trust the fellas up in the studio to make the decision. Yeah. This whole business of taking two or three minutes to make it, you know, to look at it and then get the ref to go over and look at the screen, that's an absolute nonsense. And I'm glad that whoever the powers that be seem to have knocked that on the head. They're all. Uh, qualified trained referees if if there has to be this interference then the fellas up in the up in the studio make the call and say get on the the, the blowers him and say look boom 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 this is what it should be as regards this the specific incident itself um it seems like you know the, the issue really is actually to do with the new handball rule rather than rather than VAR mm. you know you can argue till the, till the cows come home but the real, what they've said is that if the ball ends up in the net, having touched someone's hand, however accidental, it's ruled out. Now that really is a, is a handball issue rather than a VAR issue. Mm. Obviously, and it's unfortunate really because it you know, at a time when people are still very much getting used to VAR and trying to decide is is this good or bad, instance like that kind of paint VAR in, in a in, in an even worse light when in actual fact in this specific instance it wasn't really VAR's fault so it'll, it'll, it'll give us all a good a good laugh on on, <laughs> on, on Saturday <laughs> well, well, I was going to say I, we, we stopped some petrol because we'd not long left the stadium and as I'm just getting out of the car to put the petrol in someone in the back goes oh City have scored 3-2 so I was oh so I went, went out put the petrol in came back in sat down so it's finished and went, yeah 2-2 two, two. I was like hey what <laughs> <laughs> did that happen they, so then they explained it but as I say when I saw it at the time, that well, and when I saw it finally, I was like, "Well, it's clearly handball. It's his hand. That's the rule." It wasn't like there was no controversy in that sense. But the, I know I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. Like this, so the, I don't. I don't know who the who the who the, uh, the Tottenham player next to Laporte was, but basically they're both kind of like jockeying for a header. Mm. The ball kind of dips. Dips down I know he doesn't mean it, level. does it? Yeah. Now, if that flicks the Tottenham player and hits his hand in the same inadvertent way, it's not a penalty. It's not mm. a penalty, yeah. and that seems unfair somehow, yeah. doesn't it? But Do then, otherwise, I mean? it's we get penalties for everything. Which I was going to make the point. I thought by this time of the season we'd have had a million penalties, yeah, and we haven't. And I almost we've actually probably got fewer penalties than I was expecting. As it is, is it stopping defenders from like? going in for certain challenges there's no tussling at the box in for corners and set pieces mm. are we going to see more headers no Liverpool scored one against Norwich when Van Dijk was completely left yeah. you know unmarked right, and yeah. so is that just going to go well there's no point even trying to mark him because he's so tall and if I'll just end up standing in the way of him and it's going to be a penalty <laughs> I don't know maybe that's something that will maybe all the defenders are just thinking I'm not going anywhere near anybody at the moment and then a little, after a few weeks they'll go I'm going to see whether I can get away oh no I can't you know I can see, you know, I can see whether I can get away with this mm. this that and the other or maybe I'm just thinking too much about it well we'll see we'll see how it settles it's certainly not done City any favours so far but it will be Liverpool's turn at some point as the lads have said final word then on Mr Coutinho um, Doyle we'll start with you he's completed his much touted low move to Bayern Munich an eight and a half million euro deal which we'll see him uh, head over to Germany for the season and then there's a set fee of, I think, 120 million euros next summer if Bayern want to make it permanent. So is this is this proof that his stint in Spain was a failure and Liverpool got a great deal? Um, first thing, he left, was it now 20 months ago? 20 months ago, yeah. getting towards yeah. that. Yeah, 19, Coming 20 months that. ago. And yet still so many Liverpool fans are just 
fans, that is, not journalists, are ob- obsessed with him. And I, I, I don't buy into this thing about, ha-ha, look at Coutinho, ha-ha, look at Emery Chan, for example, who looks like he may be surplus to requirements at Juventus. Mm. Not because he actually is surplus to requirements, but they tried to get rid of two of the midfielders and nobody wanted them. So it's like, we've got too many here, so let's see what we can get rid of Chan. Um, Coutinho, was it a failure? Well, he's not been as good at Barcelona as he was at Liverpool because he wasn't playing in towards the end the same position. You know, at Liverpool, he really came into form when he's moving to a central position. Mm. But yeah, there's a this bloke called Messi who likes to play there for <laughs> Barcelona. You know, as much as I think Coutinho is good, I don't think he's quite as good as him. Um, but what did he what did he do uh, the first season? He scored in a Copa del Rey final, which they won. He won the title, so he won two leagues yeah. in the end, and he got to a Champions League semi final. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> lost, yeah, lost another Copa del Rey final. So, in, in in sense of when you write it down and have a look at what he's done mm, yeah. at his time in eighteen months at Barcelona, you go, well, that's quite good. That's pretty decent. But then, one hundred and forty-two million pounds. Even at the time, you just thought, wow, have Liverpool got that much money for that player? Because you knew then, even then, you knew that Mane and Mane to a lesser extent, but Salah had been six months in, hadn't he, by that point? Yeah. And you thought, hang on, these you two, had, like, these two then, yeah, yeah, these two have, have really. You know, stepping up a bit, and for me, you know, by then is obviously becoming a, a key figure. So Liverpool got a good deal, but I'm not going to join in and all this Coutinho bashing. He's got himself okay. He may not have been a success at Barcelona as he thought he would be, or Barcelona certainly thought he was going to be. He's coming to Bayern Munich. Mm. That's still one yeah, of the biggest the clubs. Through. Exactly, yeah, no. it's one of the biggest clubs in Europe where they'll play, he'll play against opposition where he'll be way better than them. And if he gets back to form. And Liverpool play Bayern Munich in the later stages of the Champions League next this season. He'll be like one of the players they're going to have to stop because he'll be a completely different player to the one. A massive play, yeah, a massive for it because against Liverpool in both legs, the semi-final last year, he just looked like somebody who really did not want to be there. Yeah, now whether that's because, lost, it, really, yeah, whether that's because he was playing against Liverpool or because of his situation at Barcelona, no matter who he would have been playing against. So, in that sense, Coutinho, yeah, I don't. Join in with all this, haha, let's laugh at him. I think good luck to him at Bayern Munich. I think hopefully he'll do really well there. And if he play Liverpool, he doesn't do so well. Do you uh, wish him well, Dan? And do you expect him to do well? Yeah, I kind of feel a little bit Alan Partridge <laughs> cheese meme. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck to the lad. Yeah, I, to, up to a point, I, I didn't boo him when he came back to Anfield in May. I wouldn't boo him again. Um, it's still, it, you know, it did leave a little bit of a, a bitter taste that, the way that he left. But as has been, as has so often been the case over the years, Torres, Owen, you know, teams that have players that have left us in maybe slightly unsavoury circumstances, it hasn't really played out that well for them. Mm. So um, just this morning, I think on, on Sky, a graphic came up with his, his numbers at Barcelona, and they actually weren't that bad. Goals-wise, it was something like 20 and 80. I think, I think it was a little bit better than... than That's better than he had at Liverpool, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Overall, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, a reasonable number of assists. Now, you, know, you can prove anything with numbers, and obviously the perception, and certainly, you know... <laughs> It didn't, you know, it, the games that I saw, he did look a bit like a little boy lost. And, you know, the, the odd flick, the odd goal, the odd good passage you play here and there didn't really make up for the fact that this dream scenario of him playing with Luis Suarez, who, you know, I, I remember when he arrived at Anfield, did straight up, I remember a game away at Wigan where we won 4 0 on a Saturday tea time mm. in that first season. And those two really seemed to be linking up very well. And I remember, you know, I always got the impression that Suarez going there was one of the big appeals for him to go and kind of rekindle that 
relationship they had that they had together when they were playing at Liverpool just didn't really seem to work out for him there. But like Doyle said, he's not exactly ended up having to go and play for Bromsgrove Rovers or someone. No disrespect to Bromsgrove. Um, Does it exist? A, is it Bromsgrove Rovers I Athletic? Know, I don't know. Is it? He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and as you know, again to reiterate to to reiterate what Doyle said, should our paths cross again and he finds himself up against Liverpool and he does get his career back on track, I'm sure he would take great like great delight in sticking it to us so um, yeah we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye out for him and, and see how well he does but um, there probably will be some Liverpool fans that are very disappointed that he hasn't come back at, that he hasn't come back to Liverpool and, and if happen. and if one or two you know and as the season goes on one or two of the front players get injured they'll be going I told you so I told mm. you we should have bought him it's easy to be wise after the event, but I certainly am not one of them. Um, we've got some brilliant players who proved again on Saturday what they can do for us. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a reasonably warm, good luck, Phil, but I'm far more interested in what our players are doing, to be honest. Absolutely. Well, on that positive note, we will we will leave it there for today's Board Reds and we'll be back at the end of the week where we'll be looking ahead to that Arsenal game, the big test for the Reds and whatever VAR has got for us this weekend. Thank you for listening. <laughs> You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.